You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that you should not enjoy Scripture, but rather hear it and obey. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. I think I enjoyed saying that. You notice this tension between Pharaoh on the one hand and Moses and Aaron in verse 17 for him. If you're not doing what he wants you to do, you are idle. And that's why he says, stop being idle and go and work. And the word here in verse 18 is abdu, slave, work under orders. And Moses complains to God in verse 22, why hast thou done evil to this people. He blames God because ultimately the people are being mistreated because of the command of God. And since I came with your message, Pharaoh is doing evil to the people. You see, it's very interesting that the text repeats the same word. Moses complains that the action of Pharaoh reflects ultimately the decision of God. Hear it, even in English. Then Moses turned again to the Lord and, and said, O Lord, why hast thou done evil to this people? Why didst thou ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he has done evil to this people and you did not deliver this people at all. So it's a toughy matter between whom now? It is between Moses and his God and not between Moses and Pharaoh. Technically, the author is preparing you to realize that Pharaoh is no reference in this matter. And this is going to culminate when he and all his hosts are going to be submerged in the waters while Israel will have passed through. Okay, it's an Iliad style text. Remember, my thesis is that the authors knew they wrote in the middle of the third century BC, which means not only Plato, but the Homeric epics were known throughout and the writers in Mesopotamia knew that because, as you remember, Alexander imposed the knowledge of Greek throughout the Middle East. It became what is usually referred to as the lingua franca instead of the Aramaic. 
but the authors, as I said in my books, punched back at him by writing essentially the scripture which they translated in Alexander's Greek first in a Semitic Aramaic language which was the lingua franca before Alexander of Macedon. Very powerful. Now try it here, for instance. Yesterday I was chatting with Richard about how, you know, imagine you have a group of Somalis here or monks in the Twin Cities speaking their language in a restaurant where most of the people understand it and then you have two white Americans from North Dakota who come into, they will feel strangers and thus emasculated. Here you go, I can give you modern examples to make you understand how scripture feels, but you may not conclude, ah, I got it, Father Paul, without having made the effort to learn Hebrew. It doesn't work that way. Because every time you have to need me again to explain to you, and that's not my intention. I want to wean you to get you to a point where you can hear it yourself in order to explain it to the others and not to enjoy it. I enjoy listening to scripture in my car on the app. No! You should not enjoy scripture. You should hear it and obey it. And we move to chapter 6, where we have again uh, this play on verbs. The first one, for with a strong hand he will send them out. This is the hefeil of shalah, to send, and thus the shileah means to let someone go. But then the other verb is used in parallel, so that's why in my eyes this verse is very important where you have that other verb garash that is connected root-wise with ger to be a stranger to be bushed out we have the name gershon that comes from this verb it's very interesting both verbs are used and the second one pushes the meaning of shilea that there will be let go in order to stay out and not come back and that's the connotation of garage because to send could be you can be send and then come back at least to the ear and again it's literature friends it's not because I decide to say so I did not write the Bible I'm just hearing it and you have a push and this is very clear when the same statement is repeated with two different verbs let's see it in English for with a strong hand he will send them out yea with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land okay luckily the English use different verbs but more important for me is the original and the meaning and then we are hit again with the root dabar and God said why the bear 
God to Moses, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. Here, you know, even scholars mention that Exodus 6 is a different rendition of Exodus 3. It's an Elohistic compared to Yahuistic, but these are old scholarship and so on. For me, the repetition is very important because you have another nuances to the same story. Okay, I appear to them as El Shaddai, which is very important. The root in Hebrew refers at the same time to breasts and also to might. We have in the Arabic uh, both words, one with a th and the other with a sheen. Shadid is the mighty one. Thadi, Thadian is the two breasts and so on. But in Hebrew is the same word and you could check a concordance and you will see even in the concordance itself the authors give you two different meanings to that same word. Why is it important? Because it expresses in Hebrew because it's the same word the connection of the power with the one who can give you life because if I have power only to destroy you there is something wrong somewhere it is as though one can conclude that he is the deity of death only you know how in many religions they split that between the deity of the earth and the sea and the underworld and the death and the life no in the Bible, you have only one origin for everything. By being God El Shaddai, as God Almighty, or God of the breasts, the two breasts, it is in the dual, then it becomes a powerful connotation that he gives life and he gives death. And then the Quran, you have that majestic dual you know you have a series of the names of God and when you come to the one who gives life the one who gives death and without the link of end it doesn't say al-muhyi wal-mumit it says al-muhyi al-mumit the one who gives life the one who gives death and my reference again is Leviticus and Deuteronomy with the matter of life and death or blessing and curse. And this is very hard for the people to understand. My channel of communicating that is, and you can use it because in many families people live that, that you have a single parent. Speak with single parents whether widow or widower, it doesn't matter. If you are single parent, then you have to be the parent of Shaddai, both breasts. You have to be the father and the mother. At the same time does not mean in the one action. But you have to be this and that. So here you go and 
You see, I keep amazing myself. That's why, you know, I don't worry if the people compliment me or not. I know that I make sense when I talk because I choose my examples. And that, at the end, culminates with God in all his power in Isaiah presenting himself as the one who loves you more than your mothers do. Wow! Wow! Why did he shift? Well, if you remember that he is the El Shaddai, then he has not shifted. You imagine that he shifted because you are basically dual in your existence. You need a male and a female. Even the mighty God himself, El Shaddai, was forced, his hand was forced to make the one Adam into a male and female. Read Genesis chapter 1. It's a very strange statement. He created him and then he created them. But please, I beg you, I kiss your hand. Do not tell me, ah, I read a book by an orthodox theologian who quoted the Father. Don't do that! Do not do that! Because those fathers did not know Hebrew. That's very important to remember. What you say has to be functional within the scriptural story before finding a similar example in your modern world, if you are able to find. If not, then you keep explaining scripture. But if you have it, the case of the single parent, then you can tell the people how it feels when the Bible is telling you that here, O Israel, uh, the God your Lord is one by the count. You don't have two. Otherwise, imagine telling your mother, because you have two breasts, you are two. You don't talk like that. But scripturally, or if you like, and scripturally, we heard that reference to El Shaddai and interestingly at the beginning of chapter 17 in conjunction with the circumcision in Genesis. So it is very interesting to make this connection. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.